This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. The Daily Morning Chronicle, Tuesday, May 11th, 1869. The following dispatch was received this morning. Promontory Summit, May 10th. To the press east and west, the last rail is laid, the last spike driven. The Pacific Railroad is completed to the point of junction, 1,056 miles west of the Missouri River and 690 miles from Sacramento. Leland Stanford, Central Pacific Railroad, T.C. Durant, Sidney Dillon, John Duff, Union Pacific Railroad. The Central Pacific was building east from California, the Union Pacific coming west from what used to be its terminus at Omaha, Nebraska. With the driving of the Golden Spike, the United States had its first transcontinental railroad. Leland Stanford did the honors. He was the former governor of California, a future senator and co-founder of Stanford University, and he was the president of the Central Pacific Railroad, one of the big four partners, along with Charles Crocker, Mark Hopkins, and Collis P. Huntington. Stanford was living in Sacramento at the time. He and his family would come to San Francisco in 1874. Back to the Daily Morning Chronicle. At precisely 46 minutes past 11 o'clock yesterday morning, one of the great guns at Fort Point thundered forth the announcement that the greatest materialistic achievement of this generation and of the 19th century was an accomplished fact. At the very second of time that the hammer in the hand of Leland Stanford gave the first blow to the last spike in the iron bond that now spans the continent and unites the Atlantic with the Pacific, the loud reverberations of the cannon proclaimed the fact to our citizens, while in all the chief cities of the United States the great event was announced in the same manner, the firebells being substituted for cannon in the United States. Translation to 21st Century English They connected some telegraph wires to the golden spike so that when Stanford gave it a whack with the silver hammer, it sent a signal out across the country. That signal triggered fire alarms in cities coast to coast, Salt Lake and Sacramento, Los Angeles and San Francisco, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, Boston and New York. The fire alarms meant it was time to celebrate. In San Francisco, they fired the cannon at Fort Point. Other cities and towns did their thing. Mill whistles blew, fireworks and guns were shot. On the Virginia and Truckee Railroad line, all train whistles were pulled at the signal and a continuous roar from Gold Hill to Empire City gave the welcome tiding that we were bound in fraternal bonds with our brethren from the East. Oh yeah, I'm reading from the paper again. The simultaneous celebrations nationwide signaled by the telegraph, well, that's considered the first mass media event, the first time 
people all across the country were reacting to the same thing at the same time. The golden spike was engraved on all four sides. Two sides listed the names of the various bigwigs on hand. A third had a message of unity from David Hughes, the San Francisco businessman who had the idea for the gold spike and probably paid for it. The fourth side said, The Pacific Railroad, ground broken January 8, 1863, and completed May 8, 1869. Well, that was the wrong date. It was May 10th. The ceremony was supposed to have happened two days earlier, but the westbound train, the Union Pacific, with Railroad Vice President T.C. Durant on board, got stopped by disgruntled workers at Piedmont, Wyoming. With the railroad completed, the workers had been discharged but not paid. There were rumors flying around that the Union Pacific was in financial trouble and they'd never get their money. So 300 graders and tie cutters stopped the train by piling ties on the tracks. They disconnected Durant's car, put it on a siding, and demanded their back wages. Some reports say they threatened Durant's life. He sent word to the home office to cut a check for either $80,000 or $200,000. Accounts vary, but either way, it's low seven figures today. And the workers released the train. So the big ceremony happened on the 10th. You've probably seen the famous photograph of the two trains, one westbound, one eastbound, cow catcher to cow catcher, right at the spike. They didn't leave that spike in the tracks. They were afraid somebody'd steal it, so they replaced it with a regular one made of steel. You can see the golden spike today at the Cantor Arts Museum on the Stanford campus. The foundry that made it also made a second one, and it was engraved later with the right date. You can see that one at the California State Railroad Museum in Sacramento, which also has a famous painting of Leland Stanford, driving home the golden spike that tied the country together, uniting us in fraternal bonds with our brethren from the East. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.